Hi, you guys. I'm your host, Shahira Jones, and welcome to another episode of Dating with Herpes. If you are a first-time listener, it is my prayer that you find this podcast informative and inspirational as I share my stories of triumph and trouble. Um, There were times where I had very low periods, and I will share those stories with you just so that you know you're not the only ones going through them. So just to recap, um, in episode one, which was titled Dating with Herpes, I shared my vision for this channel, and I also shared some really intimate, a really intimate recording that I made while I was going through one of my lowest periods. I was so tired of trying to deal with um, calming those symptoms, because unlike some people where, you know, they don't even experience symptoms. But unfortunately for me, um, I experience symptoms on a regular basis. Um, So if you hadn't heard that first episode, feel free to go back to episode one. It is called Dating with Herpes. And episode two, um, which is titled, How Do You Tell? Um, I talked about different ways um, that I told my partners about the virus. Um, Some approaches that worked for me and ones that failed. Um, and I also shared tips on, um, I also shared tips that I found online that I thought would be helpful for you guys to tell and what I'm actually going to utilize going forward. In today's episode titled, When They Come Back, which is a two-fold meaning, um, I'm going to first talk about things that trigger our outbreaks. Um, and then I'm secondly going to talk about partners to reject you when they first learn about the virus, but magically reappear after months or years of thinking about you and how they can now deal with being with you, um, even though you have the virus. And that sounds sad, but that's, that's our sad truth. Nowadays, we have partners who have to say, you know, can I cope with that? Am I okay with that? So I'm going to talk about that. So let's get started. So I know all too well how devastating having an outbreak can be after not having symptoms for months. That's my life. I go months without having symptoms and then all of a sudden I have symptoms after symptoms after symptoms like every month back to back to back. I go through this cycle where I have no symptoms at all for months. And I'm like, okay, maybe it's out of my system because that's what we all hope is that it's going to finally come out of our system even though science say it will never go away. But it may lay dormant. Um, But that's that's my experience. Um, So after not having symptoms for months, um, I eventually come back with something. And I have friends who have never had, you know, an outbreak, which is crazy to me, seeing how much I really, you know, how much I get it. Unfortunately for me, unfortunately for me, I'm not my friend. So um, at this point in my life, I had to really see what was going on with my body, try to figure out what was causing these outbreaks. And what could I do to make them stop? One of the things that I noticed was that when I would have this cycle of being on or having outbreaks, I noticed that it normally came right after my period. So it got to the point where I dreaded getting my period. Not because 
of the menstrual itself in dealing with that, but the after effects of having to get an outbreak, you know, got to go, what, four or five days of menstruating and then another, what, five, six days of an outbreak, like, come on, give me a break. <laughs> That's why I, I used to think that all the time, like, I need a break. So like I said, I wanted to figure out why I was so different from my friends and what triggered my outbreaks. Now, before I share the do's and don'ts, I want to share some information I found um, on this website um, for the New Zealand Herpes Foundation. And on that website, they had some really good information, but what stood out for me was information on why outbreaks reoccur. It states, once the virus enters the body, it uses cells to replicate itself and in the process destroys the cells, which causes the blisters. So when the cells are being destroyed, it causes your body to produce those symptoms of blisters. Particles of the virus also enters into the sensory nerve fibers and moves upwards to the sensory ganglion located at the base of the spinal cord. Now, this was new to me. I didn't know all of this happened. I knew it was in the sensory nervous system or in the nervous system. I knew that. But I didn't know that it travels upwards to the sensory ganglion. And I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but it's G-A-N-G-L-I-O-N, located at the base of the spinal cord. Then um, the article goes on to say, reoccurrence takes place when when HSV reactivates in the nerve ganglion and particles of the virus travels along the nerve back to the site of origin in the skin or mucous membrane. It also says sometimes the virus travels down to different nerve nerves or travels down different nerves causing reoccurrence at other sites. So I don't know if you guys experienced this, but I remember um, when I first found um, or I first had an outbreak near my behind or my, my buttock. I had it on my buttock. And I was like, what the hell? Like, I didn't get it up the butt. Not to be, you know, graphic, but I didn't. And I wondered how in the world did it get there after years of being at one spot? And that kind of explains that sometimes the virus travels a different nerve and comes up to a different space. So you may get it on your thigh, you may get it on your butt, you may get it on another area in your genital you know, area, this is why. So I thought this article was really helpful um, with understanding what is happening to your body once you are infected. Um, there is a lot more information um, that I'm not going to go over today, but I probably will reference this article in future episodes. But if you want to learn more on your own, you can go to www.herpes dot org dot nz forward slash patient um, and you can um, read the article for yourself and follow the hyperlinks for more information and other articles on um, the virus 
So some things that I've learned that were triggers for me were one, like I've already stated, was my monthly menstrual. Um, I would get it so often, like every month for a period of time. And then it would stop. I wouldn't see it for months at a time. Another thing for me was stress um, due to work or even school, especially when I was getting my degrees. Um, that was very stressful for me, having to juggle work, school, and a social life. Um, it was strenuous on my body. And like some other articles that I've read, when you're not taking care of yourself, when you're not paying attention to your health, um, it weakens your immune system, and you know that that's one of the biggest things. You have to have a, a good immune system to fight off the virus. So that was another thing. Vigorous sex was another thing for me. I noticed that whenever I had rough sex, I would um, have an outbreak afterwards. Even being <laughs> very, um, being very, um, What's the word? Transparent. <laughs> um, even if I had rough masturbation, like if I used a toy that was, you know, too big and I was, you know, I'm trying not to be so graphic. But yeah, if it was rough, even masturbation, I would get a outbreak afterwards. And also for me, I deal with other medical issues, other health issues that suppresses my immune system. So that also plays a big part as to why I get it so often, I believe, and from what my doctors say. So then also um, what I found by reading other articles is that there are other triggers um, such as hormonal changes, surgery, illness, like, you know, like or similar to mine, um, as well as change in diets can trigger outbreaks. I also found that there are foods, and this was the saddest part for me because I'm a big fatty. I love to eat. <laughs> um, so there are also foods that may trigger an outbreak. Oh. First one was like the saddest for me. Actually, everything on the list that I found was very sad to me. And I was like, okay, so I really need to change my diet um, to help with this problem. But the first thing on the list was chocolate. But I said, thank God for vanilla. <laughs> but chocolate can trigger. Um, nuts, especially peanuts. And I love peanuts. I love peanut butter. It's like the best thing ever. Um, wheat and wheat products, well, that doesn't phase me too much, but soy and soy products does. Um, oats, I love oatmeal. <laughs> um, refined carbs, and who doesn't love a carb? Um, alcohol, yay, alcohol. Um, and caffeine, I needed to wake up. So this list, <laughs> this list for me was sad. So I was like, I need to kind of curb a lot of the stuff that I eat, change my diet, um, and maybe I'll have a little bit better success in not receiving uh, or not getting outbreaks as often as I do. So, realizing that I'm still eating all these items on this list um, made me want to form a challenge. And I hope you guys will join me. So, the challenge is for the next month and a half, let's try to not eat the things on these lists. 
And if you find other things, if you do your own research, if you know that there are other things that may cause triggers, definitely hit me up. Let me know. Join another challenge. Let me know that you're joining me on the challenge too. Um, You can do that by going, emailing me at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. That is Y-A-H-I-R-A-J-O-N-E-S, hope, H-O-P-E, at at gmail.com. All right, and let me know that you're joining in. So what we'll do is after um, a month and a week or two, I would say by episode 10, um, we're on episode three right now, by episode 10, um, let's check in and see if by not eating the things I just mentioned or other things as well, um, if that helps. And let's see if that helps. And if it does, we, we know that we need to continue to do it. All right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> Hey, are you there? Are you listening? Come here, I got a secret to share with you. It's a private group on Facebook called DWH. (laughs) Hey, you guys, it's your girl, Yahira Jones. Yes, I've created a private Facebook group called DWH, which stands for Dating with Herpes. So how do you get to this group? Well, you have to go to facebook.com forward slash Yahira.jones.1. Again, that is facebook.com forward slash Y-A-H-I-R-A dot J-O-N-E-S dot the number one. That's the first step. Once you're there, I need you to send me an inbox message stating that you would like to join the Dating with Herpes private group. Once you've sent me that message, I will send you an invitation so that you can join the link. Now, this is a brand new page, so there's not a lot of content on the Hybrid Jones profile page, but I do have content on the group page. So again, go to my Facebook page, Yahira.jones.1. Send me an inbox message saying that you would like to join the group and then I will send you an invitation. That's the only way to join at this time, but I want this to be a place where all of my listeners can come, share their stories with other listeners, and just be a community with each other. There are other, of course, herpes sites out there on Facebook, but this one I've created especially for you. So join me there. See you soon. Right, challenge accepted, I hope. All right, so last week I talked about how to tell your partner about the virus and how some of my outcomes were not positive. They were kind of negative. I felt like I was going to be killed (laughs) in one instance. But a few of the cases that started out as a negative turned into a positive. Um, So... Initially, they didn't take my news well, but after thinking about it, they came around, basically. Like I said before, learning, you know, about the virus is definitely devastating for us, but hearing it from a loved one 
and how that can impact, you know, their relationship. It's devastating to, you know, our partners as well. So don't be so selfish and think, woe was me. Woe was them too, because they, I'm pretty sure they had thoughts of how they were going to, you know, be sexually active with you because sex is a big part of a relationship. And now by you telling them something like this, it changes things. It makes them take a step back and say, so we can't do that. Or I can't do this with you. We can't be free, you know, with each other. So, you know, they begin to question, you know, should they continue with the relationship? You know, and don't be selfish and say, oh, you don't accept me. Think about your partner. Put your put yourself in your partner's shoes. Would you accept him or her if they told you? I said it plenty of times. If the person when the person who gave this to me, and I will share that story one day. But when the person who gave this to me gave it to me, if they would have told me that they had it, I would not have had unprotected sex. Definitely. Now, would I have had sex with them? Mm, I don't know. I would have had to educate myself. So a lot of times that's what is required for your partner to come back around. They have to do their own research. They have to, you know, ask friends because, you know, they're not just going to go off of their research. They're going to ask their people, you know, what do they think? And so give them that time. But sometimes, you know, the initial rejection is just your partner's way of saying that they need some time to think. You know, they need time to think about what all this really means. Time to see if they can handle what you just told them and what it means to them and what it means for you both. Time to see if it's worth it all or should they just walk away and meet somebody else. I mean, that's that's just real talk. And this time can take a few minutes, hours, weeks, months, or even years, such as the case of the story I'm going to tell you right now. (laughs) So 15 years ago, I met um, the man um, basically who was like the love of my life to this day. Now, I don't say that he's going to be the love of my life forever, but to this day, he nobody has held a match to him. Um, I was really like head over heels from the very beginning, truth be told. And I knew I wanted to marry him after only a few weeks of us dating. It's just something about him. I, I knew it. The only problem is, is that I waited to tell him about the virus. I waited a long time. I wanted to, the reason why I wanted to wait was for two things. Well, one of my family members told me, wait until he falls in love. When he falls in love, he then will be like, well, I can't live without it, so I have to accept. And that was at the advice of a family member. My family member told me, wait until he falls in love, which was the worst advice she could have ever gave me. Because I feel like that made it worse. Because I feel like what he went through is, why didn't you tell me before? In his mind. He never said that to me. But in his mind, I, I feel like he was processing it. And he thought, why didn't she tell me this sooner? Maybe he would have been more, you know, accepting of it. If I had told him in the beginning. Maybe. But I feel like he felt betrayed in a way because I held on to 
a secret for so long and in his eyes probably was a lie for so long and I did and I wanted to make sure I wanted to be sure that he loved me you know I didn't want it to be like I love you and because you know dudes say that all the time to get sex but think about it, we wasn't having sex but I didn't want to I love you I wanted to feel it I really wanted to feel that he loved me and I felt that when his cousin told me that he had went shopping for rings and I was like uh oh <laughs> I have to tell him this before he decides to purchase a ring and wants to really commit his life to me I have to tell him like my conscience started to eat at me and so I told him I couldn't I couldn't hold the secret anymore and when I told him I knew it was over I knew it was over instantly it was just his reaction at this time I had told a few guys before him you know I had practiced a little bit and I was trying out the weight thing because telling in the beginning I would I would tell too soon and it wouldn't it wasn't enough time for the man to know me the guy to get to know me I would just tell him so I can get them out the way you know if they rejected me good I don't have to deal with them <laughs> type of attitude is what I had in the beginning and that wasn't working so with Frank I told him late hoping that it will be a better outcome I took my family members advice hoping for a better outcome but I instantly knew by his reaction that it wasn't gonna last and it lasted maybe two months and I think throughout that time he was processing whether he loved me enough to stay with me or whether he couldn't deal with it and the end result was that he couldn't deal with it now, fast forward to last weekend, this, this, this Saturday that just passed. <laughs> so I received a message from him via Instagram. Now, over the past 15 years, he, you know, expressed that he was still in love. You know, he didn't say he was still in love with me, but he's missed me. Um, and he wished that we had worked out and that he missed us and he missed the relationship that we had. Now, mind you, he was married. So last year, he's married with children. Let me not leave the children out. Married with children. So last year, after all these years of him, you know, even saying, let me change your name, um, but you're still married, he um, reached out to me saying he wanted to see me. And I told him enough was enough. Like, we can't continue to do this anymore. Um, I've never, you know did anything with him I never jeopardized his relationship but at the same time his relationship with his wife that is but at the same time I felt guilty because I felt like if you're still harvesting feelings for me what what's what is your relationship like with your wife like I'm sure there's something that is missing in that relationship because you're still harvesting feelings for me and um so I told him it wasn't fair to my relationship and it wasn't fair to his relationship and I felt that we should no longer speak and no longer contact each other so I blocked him blocked his number blocked his number on so, uh, his um, profile on social media and that was it I was done and I had already had closure 
in the past and I was willing to keep a friendship, but he was not willing to just be a friendship. He wanted his cake and he wanted to eat it too. <laughs> this yummy cake, <laughs> but I'm not going to go there. Anyway, um, so fast forward to last weekend, he sent me a message via IG and he said, you know, I'm in town and I would like to see you. Can we do drinks? Now, on this particular night, I was at another birthday party and I was looking particularly cute. And you know, the best revenge is when you're looking scrumptious and your ex wants to see you. <laughs> so I said, you know what, why waste a good outfit and some hair? And I decided to see him for drinks um, at a um, restaurant around the corner from where I was celebrating the birthday party. So we met up and... Um, Lo and behold, he didn't have on a wedding ring. And I asked him about it, and he told me that the year before, that around the time that he was reaching out, you know, I put that together, but around the time he had been reaching out to me, he was going through a divorce. So he's now divorced, and he basically said he missed me, and all the things he had been saying before, so now he's trying to work his way back in. He knows I'm in a relationship, though. Well, it's not really a relationship. I kind of made it sound like it's more than it is. I'm just dating somebody that I like. We're not in a relationship. Um, but he knows that I'm, I'm involved with someone, and he's trying to be respectful of that. But he said in so many words that he wants to be with me. So now this is 15 years after me telling him about this situation. My situation has not changed. The virus has not gone anywhere. It's still there. So we still have to deal with it. But now he's willing to deal with it. Now he sees that although he had married and had children, he was not happy because he was in love with me. <laughs> not to pat myself on the back, but why wouldn't he be? <laughs> but yeah, I say all of this and I tell this story and and I hope that the, that the time frame doesn't discourage you because this is not the first case. This was just the most recent case. And, um, but I've had guys who initially was like, nah, I can't deal with that. Or they just ghosted me, stopped calling and stopped texting as a form of rejection. And then a couple of weeks later or a month later, they come back around and say, you know what, let's, let me take you out, or are you seeing anybody, you know, stuff like that. And I've had instances where um, the guy I'm seeing right now, he accepted me within minutes, you know, and he's not the first to do that either. And I will talk more about, I will share my story about the guy that I'm seeing now in an upcoming episode because that story is interesting as well. But yeah, so the moral of my story is that if they care about you and you know that they care about you, don't take the rejection so harshly. Allow them time to process what you've just told them because it's deep and it's very heavy and it's a lot for them to take on. The same way that it was a lot for you when you were diagnosed to wrap your head around having a virus for the rest of your life, if they're going to deal with you, they have to deal with that as well. 
So allow them that time to process. Allow them that time to kind of re um, collaborate, not collaborate. Allow them the time to restructure what their vision of the relationship is going to be whether they are willing to be with you or whether they're not willing to be with you. And if they're not, be okay with it. It's hard, especially when you're giving your heart to somebody. But if they're not willing to accept you, you know, the, the vows of marriage is for better or worse. That's a worst case scenario. And if they're not willing to accept you during this worst case scenario, one of many, I'm sure that will happen without, within our lifetime, then let them go. Be okay with that. So I want to know now, have you had an instance where you were initially rejected and they came back around? I would love to hear your stories. Or even if you were rejected and they didn't come back around, that was the best thing that ever happened to you. I've had that as well. (laughs) Share with me. You guys are not sharing. I see that you're listening and thank you for listening. I do see that you're listening. But I want you to share with me. I want this to be an interactive Um, station. I don't want you guys just to hear my voice. I want to hear your voice too. So now I do know, because I've been listening to other podcast channels, that you can hit the message button at the bottom of your screen to the left. If you would like to leave me a voicemail message, Um, if you would like to share a story about what I've discussed during this episode or any other comments about the other two episodes that I've done so far, please feel free to hit that message button leave me a voicemail, or you can actually go to my web address, or not my web address, but my email. (laughs) Send me an email. Web address is coming soon. Maybe that's God saying something. But um, you can email me at yahirajoneshope at gmail.com. Send me your comments, whether you liked the episode, whether you didn't like the episode, what you would like me to talk about, if there's any topics that you haven't heard or would like for me to research and discuss, I would love that. That's more episodes for me. They'll just run and talk um, to you guys. Um, But I do have at least another 10 episodes. You guys, I'm not going anywhere. So, but I would love for you guys to just chat it up with me. Um, So email me or send me a message. I would greatly appreciate it. And you can talk to me if you have any guys, if you guys have any questions um, about triggers or if you know of any triggers like such as other foods that may be triggers or any situations that may be triggers or if you're having a hard time with triggers and you want me to do any research about it or if you just like to discuss your story about triggers hit me up okay until next time guys have a great thanksgiving thanksgiving is thursday Have a great Thanksgiving. Eat lots of turkey. I don't eat meat, but eat lots of turkey for me. (laughs) And sweet potato pie. I'm about to get me a couple of patty pies. And I'm going to heat them jokers up because I'm not cooking this year. I'm bringing the patty pies, okay? (laughs) But anyway, guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great week. Until next time, this is Yahira Jones with Dating with Herpes. Bye.